Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago, and this is Carmen and Yurko, live from the old National Bank Studio. WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago, a good Karma Brands radio station. Hump day, back to work Wednesday for the Bears, and Justin Fields is back, thank goodness. Uh, I'm ready to see Justin Fields for seven more games, hopefully. Maybe change the narrative, change the Bears' mind. Yeah, I'm not, not hopefully. I can't wait to see him get I back can't in there. Wait. The action. I hope he's got a chip on his shoulder. I hope he uh, feels like he's got something to prove, which is a good thing. Yeah, uh, I think it is. I think the Bajan story is a good one. It's a fun one. I think he's proved that he belongs in this league, and I think he'll be a backup in this league for a long time. Tyson Bajan was not good last Thursday, and uh, rewatching that ugliness, I forced myself to do the dirty. It just reiterated, I think, what most of us took away from last Thursday. It was not a good game for the offense. It was not a good game at all for Tyson Bagent, minus that throw at the end, maybe, where he did uh, convert the third down. And the Bears were able to take a couple of knees and end that game, uh, a win that was important for them. But other than that, I think we've seen all we need to see, and it's time to see if Justin Fields can right. get back and make this offense more explosive and better and make D.J. Moore a little bit happier again. But Justin is back. This was Matt Eberflus meeting the media just a little while ago. Fields will be back at practice today. Our plan is to start him on Sunday. Uh, he continues to progress. Um, this week, uh, he's a big part of you know returning to practice today. He's going to be a big part of the evaluation. But, uh, again, he's progressing well, and, uh, and our plan is to start him this week. So there you go. Uh, this was like the worst kept secret. You just had to follow. Uh, we always say follow the money, right? I mean, you just had to look at what was happening Listen yesterday. Listen to the money talk. Listen to the money talk. Come on, come on. Listen to yeah, the money. Exactly. Talk. And what was the what was the money talking about? The money was talking about uh, bets coming in on the Chicago Bears. It got That's all right. the way out to ten and a half. That is long gone. It's now back to uh, Detroit plus. I'm sorry, Detroit minus nine. Bears getting nine points. Kind of where it was upon open. It had ballooned out big time, and I think uh, whether someone was tipped off or it was just on pure speculation, I don't know. But the pro better started gravitating towards Bears, expecting that Justin Fields was going to make his return. I uh, had two conversations. One was Todd Furman. Uh, right. The other person uh, always wishes to remain nameless, a very heavy-hitting professional gambler. A, a, a silent uh, guy. A silent guy. Per, 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 prefers to be in the shadows. Exactly. <laughs> Today, Junior. I was text- Sorry. <laughs> prefers to be in the shadows. I was texting with that gentleman and with Furman last night, and that was the general yeah. consensus. And Furman was even saying the feeling out there is that Fields is starting, and that's why the tens uh, are disappearing from the market. And he's, and uh, we went back and forth on a, a little text chain last night about some things, bears and otherwise. But he said, yeah, it, the, the the wild speculation out there, and uh, some of the big pro betting groups were all operating under the assumption that Justin would be back. And Furman said the pro betters were more than happy to take ten ten and a half with Justin returning this week. That's also your blue plate special. That is my blue plate special. Bears but I'm plus ca- the points. I'm calling well plus the points, but I'm calling for a money line that's win. Right. You're called for money line. I'm calling win. for a money line win. Boy, that's ballsy. I don't think the pro betters are doing that. No, they, they they might not. They might put a shekel or two down on that, depending know. on how they're feeling. If they were smart, they got it at Detroit minus nine. Bears plus ten and a half. Right. Yeah, you could have had it all yeah. the way out to ten and a half. There you go. Yes, you I, mean, could. I don't know exactly how that works. Sometimes you know my confusion. You know, well, you're, you're trying to way? land on. Is it minus ten and a half in the Bears plus the nine, and then you get it in the well, middle? You were trying and you to get in the middle. The both. Yes. You know, I, I, I don't know exactly how that. You would one have works. to try to get that one in the middle. I'd have yeah. to be a little bit brighter. No, you're okay, pretty bright, actually. And I am, but now when it comes to that kind of gambling stuff, 
Not no, when it comes to the gambling. Yeah, but you're smart with numbers, lost. so you get it. If you I'm thought about usually, it for a second, you get it. I'd have to think about it. You're very it smart with numbers. Either way, here's why I'm banking on the Bears. It's run defense. Yeah, They're, they gave up 96 yards to the Detroit Lions in the first game last year. They gave up 265 yards. They run the ball for 139 yards a game on average. They like to run the ball. They're pretty good at That's it. That's what they do. And off of the ability to run the ball, they can then pass the ball with efficiency and make Jared Goff a much better quarterback than he actually is. The Bears' ability to stop the run will give them a chance to go ahead and win this game outright in Detroit. I think they play better on the road most of the time anyway. Think so? I, I think they do. Controlled environment. It'll be inside. It'll be a controlled environment. The Detroit that's for fans sure. can be rabid, but not that rabid. If they get behind, they're more quick to... to Throw a boo or two out there. Then when they're when they're not happy, the Detroit people are not happy, and they'll boo you. They'll boo their own team. Lions averaged over eight yards per play last week against the Chargers in LA. Good. They were terrific. They rushed for two hundred, as Yurko talked about. They do like to run the ball, and they run it effectively. It helped the big seventy-five yarders by uh, Dave Montgomery. It helps, and there is a little bit of a revenge factor there for Montgomery. When he left, he was not a happy camper. So, like for this week, you're saying coming up, yeah, a little bit of revenge factor. They yeah. might try to feature. Montgomery a little bit more, but I have a feeling he's going to be smacking right into the boiler of my guy Billingsley. There, Chad Billingsley is that uh, the guy in the middle? Andrew Billings. That's my guy, Andrew Billings, the big burly fellow, number ninety-seven. Will the Bears be able to stop the Detroit run? Well, Yurko just t- hinted at it. Uh, no team in the league this year has been better, really, at stopping the run than the Bears, and it's quite remarkable. From last year, yes. Uh, from well, for sure. I mean, the one eighty from last year. Uh, since week five of this year, they've been utterly dominant. Dominant. I mean, no team in the league is even close. Dominant. In terms of effective rush EPA. Right, and you've got to recognize that. Yeah, you do. Uh, the Bears are actually second in the NFL in rush EPA on defense. That's overall. They're number one by a mile since week five. They're number one in the NFL in rushing success rate on defense. And again, since week five, when they really kind of kicked it in gear, and this defense has been getting healthier and trending in a better direction, the Bears' rush defense is holding the opposition on running plays to about a 22% success rate. That is mind-bogglingly, is that a word? Mind-bogglingly? It can be. Good. Yes. That that is that is beyond belief. Good yep. and successful as a rush defense. So, you know, with Fields coming back, with the ability to stop the run, if they can be buttoned up and do it well on Sunday in Detroit, do they have a shot at pulling the outright upset as a huge underdog? I don't know. Maybe look, these games have not been good so far for Matty Berflus. He's yet to win a division game. Do you know when the last time the Bears won a division game was? It's a long time. I'll tell you exactly when it was. Twenty twenty one. Yeah, you're right. It was 2021. The last win against the North was week 12, Thanksgiving Day, almost two years ago, Yurko. Thanksgiving Day in Detroit, 2021. The Bears have lost 11 consecutive division games since the start of 2020. You ready to throw up in your mouth? The Bears are 4-16 and 16 straight up and against the spread against the North. 4 and 16, dude. Nothing to lose. That's Ouch. what the Bears have. Nothing to lose. You're right about that. They can roll the dice. They can do whatever they want. You go up there. Yeah, you got the chip on the shoulder. You're not a happy team. You got a quarterback that's coming back. 
Uh, the quarterback had a couple of real nice games before the Minnesota clunker. So he wants to get back in there, and he wants to prove to the world that he could play quarterback in the NFL. I like the way it sets up, Carm. I, I just, you know, it's, I got a feeling, woo that Sunday's going to be a good Sunday. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm feeling it. Does any part of you worry about the Bears screwing up their... No. I knew you were going to say no. No, because you've got the Carolina pick. That's the one we have to zero in now on as Bears yeah. fans. Like listen, The Bears pick the, is going to be wherever the Bears pick is going to fall. The Bears have two winnable games the next two weeks. Sorry, Vikings fans, but it's still Josh Dobbs. Yeah. The Bears, I, I don't know how winnable well, this week just, is. Listen, Josh Dobbs with three, it's Josh Dobbs with three weeks of film. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. what you're going to have. Dobbs I, I, with three weeks I'm, of film. I'm not, as, I'm not as optimistic as Yurko this week. I don't know that this is a very winnable game. I think Detroit's awfully good. But you're taking a ten and a half when you got it yesterday. Oh, sure, I would take you that. Pounded. Yeah. I didn't. I you didn't. Full disclosure. It. And that, that's long gone. I probably uh, should have. I don't like betting the Bears. I, I just, I don't you bet them often. You pounded it like your grandmother's Brajol. You know you did. Come on, Carm. Nana's... Brajol, you, you you took care of it, my friend. That's got such a different meaning, like an Italian slang, too. It's unbelievable. <laughs> well, I'm not Italian, okay? I'm Croatian. That's why I'm laughing and so hard, an because if you knew it, and if an you heard my uh, my uncles and cousins sometimes oh boy. talk about the old Brajol. Oh. Um, <laughs> oh, I tell you, I don't know where you're going with this, Carm. I'm a little beside myself. Oh. Here, here we go. The Italians everywhere are laughing at that. That was funny. Okay. Um, I got that going I don't for think me. this week is all that winnable, but maybe uh, the Viking game I think could be. You're at home um, against the Cardinals. going to be a winnable game. The Falcons, winnable yeah. game. Cleveland suddenly more winnable more because win- Deshaun Watson yeah, is out for the year. you got a great defense. You're going there, but right. it's suddenly more winnable. Deshaun yeah. Watson just played his best half of football in three years, and now he's out for the rest now of the year. he's gone. Because he had to have shoulder surgery. He had a broken bone in his just shoulder. played the Carm. best half of football he's played in three years. That's the way it the works. Browns got a win they needed on the yeah. road, rallying to beat Baltimore, and now he's out for the year. So that's suddenly more winnable. So to your point, you're like, yeah, they're going to finish where they're going to finish, and it's probably going to be six wins, yeah. right? Yeah, that put me there. You know, six wins. You know, we really be. have to ninth. focus in now on Carolina. On Carolina losing. losing, and I don't think, at least I don't think, as bad as the year has been for Caleb Williams, I still believe teams are going to fight to get to that top spot, so they have their pick. So Whether they, it's May yeah. Williams, whatever it is, like I think they I, will too, which is good for the Bears, right? The Pats are going to be looking for a quarterback. They're in the mix to be the worst team in the NFL. Yes, they are. The Giants are are going to be looking for a quarterback. Yes, they are. And dare I say, uh, while a coaching staff I don't think will ever tank, that's more the responsibility of a front office. I got to tell you, Brian Dayball and Joe Shad are like this, right? And you see what I'm doing with my fingers for people on on TV TV that are watching. Like two peas in a pod. So maybe Joe Shad has gone to Brian Dable and said, listen, we're going to do this. I, I don't think a coach would ever coach to lose, but I think Brian Dable's waved the white flag. Yeah. You're starting Tommy DeVito. I got news for you. Your coach is waving the white flag. How do you and look the other guys in the eye? Don't I don't know. I don't know, Yurko. That's how, for how them you, to decide. How do you look 26 in the eyes and tell them that you want to lose? I don't know. He should have left. I don't and, know why he stayed. And, and, but I'm telling you. The Giants and the Pats are the team that we as Bears fans have to worry about. Mm-hmm. They're going to press Carolina. And I think the Giants, if they keep starting Tommy DeVito, 
Maybe Yurko's right that like eventually you can't look your guys in the eye and they're have they're going to have to change quarterbacks. They're going to have to go to Matt Barkley. But if they keep starting Tommy DeVito, that team with the coach fully on board is trying to go straight to the bottom. Yeah, to get one of these quarterbacks. So those and he's waved the white flag. Those are the teams you have to worry about and. We have to hope as Bears fans that Carolina continues to stay. Because yeah, I think the Bears might get a little bit of a pop here in the second half with Justin back and with the defense playing you, better. you got to believe the uh, the players there in New York with the football giants, if they can find a way to get Caleb Williams, they'd be jumping for joy. I think Saquon would have a little more pep in his step you know, next year. Or Drake year May, whatever in. it is. Yeah, yeah, whichever I mean, like, quarterback yeah. that's going to be number one. Yep, that's so... Uh, it's on, I think, in New York. I think uh, not maybe because he's trying to lose, but maybe it's just because his team is complete garbage. Uh, it's on in New England. And we got to hope it remains on in Carolina. And right now they do have the league's worst record. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. We got Bears calls rolling in already. I got a ton of stuff for, for you guys today. I got some uh, deep lion stuff I want to get after with you guys. I'm ready. About their organization right now, uh, you know, Sylvie talked about that. How it's like two ships passing, or what was the analogy he used last uh, yesterday? That 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 meeting they had like around this time last year. I guess it was kind of like, you know, two ships passing in the night. One started taking on water badly. Uh, the other is uh, you know making the voyage across to uh, the, the new world. I don't know if that analogy makes any sense, but the Lions have been outstanding. Since that rally against the Bears last yes. year, where yes, it looked like the been. Bears were going to win that game at right. Soldier Field, yep. they've been outstanding. They're like fourteen and four. The Bears, meantime, have you know won three games since that moment. But man, when you look at the way the Lions have done this, it is impressive. I want to talk to you about that. What do you expect from Justin coming back in these final seven games, Bears fans? Three one two three three two three seven seven six. It's Carmen and York. We'll be right back. Zoning out on that Zoom meeting? Zoom, 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 Zoom. Find out what Carmen and Yurko were talking about. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Sometimes we talk about the weirdest things in the break. I don't know how... <laughs> it's my fault. Me and Abdallah and Black were talking about Marcus Teague, but maybe we'll explain why later. Yurko did see Kentucky last night. So. Yeah, I did. So I think that's how Kentucky... I came up and all the great players that have come out. I promise I won't bring up uh, that uh, the off-air conversation we were just having about Marcus Teague. I won't bring it up uh, on there. Maybe until we talk about the Bulls a little bit later on. We'll play Zach Levine responding, I guess, in a way to some of the rumors from yesterday and what Shams had reported and what Darnell Mayberry had reported that this roster could look different in about a month and maybe... Teams are starting to sniff around on Zach, and the Bulls are very willing to deal Zach. I did have a question for you guys about that and what the 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 what would draft compensation look like and who might want Zach Levine uh, a little bit later on. But we're talking Bears right now. Maddie Rafus announcing that Justin Fields uh, is on track to return this week. Here was Ibrahfus earlier today. Seven games left. Is it enough time for Justin to show out and maybe change their minds if they haven't made him up over there? I think seven weeks is enough time for the to show consistency, you know, and being the high performer, you know, that we expect him to be, you know. And I, I know he's had some good performances, you know, along this year. Um, certainly, the last few have been been you know solid, and uh, you know we can we expect consistency, you know, out of all our positions. Would you agree, Eric? Seven weeks, plenty of time to show consistency, the kind of consistency that they're looking for. Sure, absolutely. I think so. Absolutely. I think it would help. 
I, I always tell you what it is. It, it's a replication of performance, putting one after the other after the other, putting a string of good quarterback performances yeah. ahead of you. And you'll see the throws when they're made. You, 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 you'll you know what the good ones are. Mm-hmm. When Jalen Hurts started making those throws last year, you knew what they yep, were. That's true. You saw them. Good point. So this is a hell of a throw right here. Um, so that's what we're looking for. Out to the phones in a second. I'm not really telling you guys anything that you don't know, but when you when some of it's reiterated, I think it's good. And we kind of know as Detroit started ascending last year, we, what do we talk about? How has Detroit done it? I mean, Goff, they, they made a trade for, but right. how has Detroit done it? They've done it with pretty savvy drafts, right, Yerk? Oh, absolutely. You ready, you ready for this? Yeah. Now, Yurko and I never advocate first-round running backs. I do think it's silly, but, okay, let's start this year. Jameer Gibbs, he's averaging over five yards a carry this season. Right, and they had the luxury of having a couple of picks this they year. They did. They jettisoned both of their running backs in free agency. They did. So, Jameer Gibbs, averaging over five yards a carry on the season. Sam Laporta's tied for the team lead, Yurko, with four receiving touchdowns. Brian Branch is third in defensive rookie of the year odds right now. Right. He's not going to win it. Witherspoon or Carter are going to win it, but Brian Branch has played some really good ball. Abdallah loves it. He's happy about that. Last year, okay. Well, Jack Campbell's a starting Jack linebacker. Campbell, well, Jack uh, he hasn't played a whole. He, he's not. He doesn't play all the snaps. He hasn't started all the games. Okay, and he doesn't play all the snaps. But but even Campbell's come in and made some plays. You see Campbell pop from time to time. You do. Twenty twenty two. Ready? Yeah. Aiden Hutchinson, team leader in sacks. James Houston, who unfortunately just isn't playing. He's hurt. But we saw him bust out for like seven sacks in five games last year. Yes. Kirby Joseph. One of their starting defensive backs, and Jamison Williams, who's had some problems with injury and then gambling. But I think if he ever just stays on the field, Jamison Williams will be an impact player for them. Right. 2021, Panay Sewell and Amon Ross St. Brown. How does that look? It's pretty good. Panay Sewell's one of the best tackles in the league. Amon Ross St. Brown's one of the best wide receivers in the league. Uh, Jonah Jackson, one of their starting guards, drafted in 2020. Their starting center who's one of the better ones in the league, Frank Ragnow, drafted in 2018. Their left tackle, who's pretty damn good, and their right guard, who's outstanding, Taylor Decker and Graham Glasgow. They've got a Frank Ragnow and a Graham Glasgow, a Graham Glasgow by the way. A Decker and Glasgow drafted in 2016. Their entire starting five, which is a damn good starting five, and their tackles are excellent. Penny Sewell's excellent. All drafted between rounds one and three from 2016 through 2021. All five of them. All five starters, all good. Two of them, like, dominant. And that's why they run the ball. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen players I just named. Not even naming Jack Campbell. Not even counting Jack Campbell. Thirteen players I I named. That are starters, that are difference makers for a seven and two team, all drafted between this last April and 2016. 13, year. And they turned TJ Hawkinson into draft equity. They did. They traded him away last year and turned him into draft equity. And replaced him with a younger, cheaper Sam Laporta. Yes. And Hawkinson got paid in, in, in Minnesota. Yes, he did. They paid him. Yes, this he did. Shit. We're good. We want you. We gave something up for you. Now we're going to extend you. You want to be our tight end. That's it. It's pretty good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They didn't hit on every pick. Well, you're never. Of course not. But, but like, but if you could rip off 13 guys right. that are impact starters if, for you in a, you, you, you in a seven-year right. window. If you can find three guys a year 
And you didn't even go to the defensive yeah. side of the ball. Barely. A, a couple guys. Barely, uh, Hutchinson, yeah. Branch, Branch uh, Kirby Joseph. Yeah. yeah, Branch is, I think, going to be a stud. Right. That's so. eight drafts, 13 guys. Like, if yeah. you, you're right. You're not going to hit on all of them. It's impossible. Yeah. I, I get that. Swings and misses, but man, but your oh, man. offensive line was developed through your draft. Your whole yeah. line, Yerk. Look the whole him. line. And look at all him. starting five. Yep. It's incredible. Dalen's in Milwaukee. What's up, Dalen? Guys, how we doing today? All right, Doing good. Good, good, good. Hey, I just wanted to get your opinion on who would you start this week, Dobbs or Fields? Boy, obviously, Fields. You, oh, boy. Yeah, obviously, you know, Fields coming back. You want to see what he can do, but it's just like you guys made great points. You know that Detroit defense is pretty solid. Uh, can we really rely on a Justin Fields to be a Justin Fields that we know he can be this week? I don't I'll hang up and listen. Thanks, Dalen. I uh, you call Meller on Sunday yeah, morning. Call Meller on uh, Sunday. I, I don't know. I don't play fantasy. I, I, I don't, don't care. Who, I don't know who Minnesota's playing. They're right. playing Denver. Denver uh, uh, prime time in Denver. Denver uh, against the Denver D. I don't know that I would be starting Dobbs. Uh, you know, J- Jared well, Goff and the Lions carved up Carm? the Chargers. Can the the Bears don't have uh, Justin Herbert? Denver gave up seventy, right? Early in the year? They did. Wasn't that Denver that gave up 70? Their defense is playing better. If you look at their plus minus, it's 51. Wow. So they've had some positive numbers. Their last few weeks. Negative 51. So they've been positive 19. I think it's negative 51, if I remember correctly. I was analyzing it the other day. They've actually played well and gotten some of those points back. Their defense has been very good Uh, lately. They forced turnovers Monday night, obviously. Their defense has been much better lately. Uh, Yeah, they're a minus 52. Who would I start? Boy, if the choice is Fields or Dobbs, you didn't do well in the draft at all. That's what I would tell you. Uh, the the Broncos haven't given up more than 22 points in four straight games. Yeah. So they're playing much better. Since that nightmare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, can, can Fields and this Bears offense do what Herbert and the Chargers did? Herbert and the Chargers were awesome. They were absolutely outstanding. You know, he made a throw in the fourth quarter that probably should have been picked that he got away with. Now, Lions ultimately won the game. That didn't, like, come back to haunt them or anything. But had they lost, it probably would have haunted them because uh, they missed an opportunity. I can't remember which defensive back it was. They missed an opportunity to secure a pick. Uh, It was just a bad decision by Herbert. It should have been his second pick of the game. The drive sustained, and they scored a touchdown. Remember, the, the Chargers scored on a touchdown on each of their final five possessions. He was mostly lights out what? against that defense. Can the Bears do that? I don't know. What do you know? What do you know about Detroit when they face Justin Fields? They will not bite. Oh, they're not bite. biting on that, no. They will not bite. Do you think you're going to run a naked bootleg no. against the Detroit Lions? No. They will not don't bite on it. anything. No. no, That is a mistake. Yeah. Take it out of the playbook today. Out. And teams are throwing it out more and more. It's every, the, the word's out, especially against the, the athletic, agile quarterbacks. The word's out. The teams are Stay not biting for yeah. – they're staying. They're, they're disciplined. They are not biting on these nakeds. It's just it, – throw it out. And, and uh, I don't want to see the Bears run it once this week. I'll be honest with you. I don't. I, I, the Hutchinson's just going to stand there. Yeah. And then he's going to chase your quarterback down. Yeah, don't do it. Throw it out. Adams and Wheaton. What's up, Adam? Hey, guys. So my question is, would you keep or trade the number one pick if you know the Bears are going to probably win more and that pick will fall out of the top five and then you may not have a choice to get Marvin Harrison Jr.? Good question. Yeah. So, if you're out of the top so five. What, what do you yeah. do? 
Good question, Adam. If you're out of the top five, and they're going to fall out of the top five, I think. I think the Bears will. Uh, I'm not drafting Marvin Harrison Jr. number one. No. No, that's a mistake. Yeah, I think that would be a mistake. Yeah, you'd be moving down yeah. one spot. Moving down two spots. Well, I think he's saying you're, one to three. you're probably moving all the way out. I think that's the assumption there. Would you? What if you had to move all the way out? Well, you, you, Maybe you wouldn't you have to. You're talking about Carolina's pick? Yeah. Moving all the way out where? I don't know. What if a team that was no, eight? What if the Giants, that, no, what if the Giants are there at four? You don't have to make a precipitous drop. Okay. If, if somebody has a specific quarterback they want, you've got the number one I think pick. that was what his point was. Yeah. He was asking, like, if you were going to now suddenly be picking out of the top yeah. five. Like, assuming your pick's out of there and then a trade back means you move out, would you just say, I'm not trading and I'm taking Marvin can Harrison we, Jr. number can one? We I would never take a wide receiver. Analyze, can we analyze the rest of this football season? Can we um, analyze the rest of the football? Can we let the combine happen? Marvin Harrison Jr. won... Bo Nix, seven or eight. <laughs> Can we go through? You laugh, but he's going to win the Heisman. They'll never take a who? Bo Nix? Bo Nix might. They'll never take a wide receiver number one. Yeah, then we've got to, um, where was I at? Well, you were saying let the combine happen. Yeah, let the combine like, happen. Let out. free agency happen. Okay? Let's get the ratings of these players where they're at. I mean, we've seen, what, five wide receivers drafted in the first round? Not all of them are absolute all-stars, you know, or home yeah. runs at the clubs that they're at right now. Sometimes it takes a receiver two or three years to actually make an impact. So, uh, As know, good as Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be. Marvin I mean, Harrison goes you, to Kansas you, City. I think Marvin Harrison becomes a stud. You find there are great wide receivers in this league drafted, you know. Yeah. Second round. In a lot of places. Right. You get second round picks. And um, there's an argument being made the other day about uh, wide receivers and the impact that a wide receiver can have. And how much of an impact around the league is a wide receiver ever had when you uh, bring them up in the uh, or get them up in the first round? When you when you make a high draft choice for a wide receiver, yeah, look, in the first I mean, like round. Julio was awesome, right? Yeah, Julio's third. probably all famer. Larry Fitzgerald, uh, Larry Fitzgerald, awesome was a third all pick. of famer. Yeah, uh, Jamar Chase is awesome. Justin Jefferson's awesome. You know who else is awesome? Tyree Kill. Yeah, you know who was awesome before he went uh, bat. You know what? Crazy Antonio Brown, Devontae uh, Adams, Devontae is awesome. Adams yeah. is awesome. He was drafted in the second round. Amon Ross St. Brown was drafted in the fourth round. He's one of the best receivers in the league. I mean. Well, the Packers made a living yeah. getting guys um, in the second and third round became stud receivers. The, the, I love your the ideal scenario is like the Giants finishing with third or fourth worst and like just being Dayball being so desperate yes, that yes. that would be awesome right. for the Bears. Awesome, yeah, you move that now. That's yeah. ideal position. Courtney Cronin's got an update from Hallis Hall coming up next. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. If you miss something, get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Justin's back. Seven games. Will we change your mind, their mind, our mind? Maybe your mind doesn't need to be changed. One way or the other. I'm glad, uh, personally, that Justin is back this weekend and hopefully for the rest of the season. 312-332-3776. We'll get back out to your phone calls in a little bit. Right now, we get out to the CarX Tire and Guest. Uh, the CarX Tire and Auto Guest Hotline. Wonderful. Screw that up, your Yeah. Uh, every week at this time, we go up to House Hall. We talk to Courtney Cronin, one of the best in the biz. She covers the Bears for us and for ESPN.com. Follow her on X at Courtney R. Cronin. 
So Justin's back. That is good news. Just in the nick of time, if you ask me. And yeah, the Bears uh, like a little bit of a, a sexy play here. It looks like going into week 11 with Justin coming back. And he'd do enough to get this offense back on track, Courtney. Well, they can do different things with him, and that's the you know kind of the bottom line here with him coming back. What can he do to boost this offense's chances of showing more signs of improvement? I mean, they're getting healthy at the right time. That certainly helps when your O-line is probably as healthy as it's been all season with Nate Davis coming back, Tevin Jenkins moving over to the left side of the line, which we can talk about, but... I, I think for Justin, now knowing, and, and he you know, is going to be a full go at practice today, according to Matt Eberflus, he's got a lot of proving ground uh, these next couple games. And I thought, it, I thought Matt Eberflus's comments were interesting when he said that seven weeks is more than enough time to show consistency. I think that you can read between the lines there, and they mm-hmm. felt that Justin Fields is not groundbreaking by any stretch, but they felt he was inconsistent in his mm-hmm. first five starts, which he was. I mean, the win over Washington is the only one he has this season. First 300-yard passing game of his career. It took three years to get there and four touchdowns that day. But they've got to see more things like that in order to continue their evaluation of him and knowing whether he's going to be their option at quarterback in 2024 or not. So, yeah, there's a lot at stake here, these final seven games for a team that's three and seven. I mean, at this point last year, they didn't have three wins, but um, or maybe they did. That was October. Yeah, yep, they, did, they did. But it was – it was you could already tell like what was happening. The page was already being turned to 2023, whereas at this point with three wins, they're still trying to evaluate who's going to be in some pretty prominent roles on this roster next year. Tevin's going back to left guard. Cody Whitehair goes to the bench, correct? Yep, that's uh, that's what Matt Eberflew said this morning. And I know it's a tough conversation for them to, for the staff to have with Cody Whitehair. I mean, he's been here since 2016. He's been the model of stability, but he struggled this year. I mean, struggled at center. That's why he was benched in week five and replaced by Lucas Patrick. And then, you know, this is, he's the odd man out, frankly, in this situation. We'll see if Nate Davis with the conditioning is – able to play a full game at right guard. Eberflus thought that that would be the case, uh, that, you know, coming off the high ankle sprain, he's now had the same amount of time that Justin Fields has had because they got injured the same game against Minnesota. But I, I think for Whitehair, this is, I mean, the writing's been on the wall, honestly, dating back to the off season. Had they not had the amount of salary cap space to work with, he probably is a, salary, a, a cap casualty back in March. I mean, he's got the second highest cap hit, on this roster, uh, you know, he's not somebody that was drafted by this franchise. He's up there in age, and he's got one more year left. So this is probably the end of the road, at least with the Bears, for Cody Whitehair. Obviously, injuries happen, as this offensive line has become accustomed to this year, so he could play that way. But this is what they feel uh, long-term going forward is, is probably their best play in terms of the personnel they have up there and the first time since since Tevin Jenkins' injury, that they're finally healthy up front. Has this team played against the run better with Jack Sanborn back there, a linebacker? Yeah, I, I think I think they have. I mean, he's been, for, for somebody who came in here as an undrafted free agent in a year that served as a proving ground for a lot of players, he really sees that opportunity as a rookie. And with Tremaine Edmonds out, and we don't know if he'll be and I th- it sounds like he might still need a little bit more time. Eberflus said he was able to go through, I think, the walkthrough. Um, but they're going to evaluate that. And, 
again, it's you know, Sanborn wasn't is has not been paid yet. The the high amount of dollars that both Tremaine Edmonds and, and TJ Edwards, who I mean TJ's been fantastic this year, especially um, against the run. But I think Sanborn sees an opportunity that's again in front of him while Edmonds has well yeah while Edmonds has been out and you know this run defense went from 32nd to a top three unit this year and a lot of that has to do with the way that they've reconstructed this linebacking core but also with a player that they retained and and see a pretty high ceiling with still in Jack Sanborn. Do you think Matt Eberflus is back next year? Again, it's going to depend on these final seven games. I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of people who saw those comments today about we need to see consistency. Seven weeks is enough time for that from Justin Fields, and they want to turn that on the head coach and say, yeah, you too, Matt Eberflus, Mm -hmm. you too, Luke Getze. Um, And that's fair because everybody at this point for a team that is still in the rebuilding stage, they've got to figure out, are they getting the rebuild right? Do they have the right people guiding this thing into year three in 2024 and if they don't see that improvement the ability to adapt and adjust from the head coach over the final seven games then it's absolutely fair to call his job security for next season into question the same way you would with the you will with the offensive coordinator and you will with the quarterback too do you think ryan poles will throw out 2022 when evaluating matty berflus it's fair in in some respects because that was not a year that they were set up to to compete by any stretch, and, and we knew that from the very beginning. But I I also think that I mean, well, most things are going to weigh most heavily on twenty twenty three. We know that, but yeah. people in this building, I know that there was a lot of wish casting going on in the off season. There are people in this building who knew it was going to be an uphill battle going into 2023 that they weren't a complete roster yet despite all of these lofty projections and you know Justin Fields is an MVP candidate in August and all this other BS but mm-hmm. I think that that also factors into how the evaluation of Eberflus goes here down the stretch of like what it already has been in these first 10 games but also what it's going to be here in the final seven weeks. All right, are they a live dog this weekend? Yurko's calling for an outright Bears winner. Victory. I can't quite get there. The pro betters gobbled up all the 10.5s and the 10s. It's back down to single digits. It's still a hefty point spread. Uh, yeah. Only three times this century have the Bears been a dog of nine or more points against the Lions. Well, this would be the third time. It's only two times this century prior to what might happen Sunday. Do you think they can go up there and steal a win? I don't personally. Um, it would be their first NFC North win under Eberflus. Mm-hmm. So that'd be a big statement. Again, if you're thinking about things that show improvement, um, that would be one of them, and that would be one to judge the head coach on too. But this is a situation where look at the Chargers game. Look how much trouble that Chargers pass rush that has Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. They couldn't get after the no. quarterback. They couldn't get Jared Goff. That. Like I've said this a thousand times, this is a masterclass in building an offensive line. Yes. I mean, most teams don't have seven years to get it right um, with building with first and second round picks ever since 2016. But that's how the Lions did it, and that's why they are top three in pass blocking efficiency, and they've kept Jared Goff clean, and that's allowed this unit to become a top ten offense, top to bottom with the run and pass game. Yeah, it's an excellent point. We were going over the the draft pair. All five guys, all five starters. Uh, Two of them, all world, uh, all yeah. drafted, you know, since 2016 by this team. It really is something. and it, Yeah, uh, it's, the way, it's the way to do it. Not yeah. every team has the luxury to uh, go at it. And, again, there were, 
it's a different general manager the, the when yeah. they started that thing back in 2016. But it's important to note that that's how you have to do it and could point to, you know, what the Bears' draft strategy is for left tackle in the offseason mm. and certainly on the interior of the offensive line. Yep. All right, Courtney, great stuff. Thank you, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, guys. See so, yeah, there's Courtney Cronin, at Courtney R. Cronin on Twitter. Yeah, two quarterback hits uh, with all those drop. And they, they ran the ball very effectively. That helps. But two quarterback hits, uh, that's all that pass rush from the Chargers got on Jared Goff last week. Uh, I don't believe there was a sack. I don't think they had a sack. They had just two quarterback hits. No sacks in that game. Um, ben Johnson's terrific as a play caller. There is a ton of motion. There's a ton of shifting. There's a ton of creativity. Uh, I can get into some of those numbers with you, too, about uh, you know, what they're doing to help Jared Goff succeed and why he's thriving and where exactly he's thriving. But uh, they got a lot going on offensively in Detroit. They're, they, I mean, whoever thought? And our, I mean, they're a fun offense to watch. They really are. They're a super efficient and fun offense to watch. And you're going, I've never been the biggest Jared Goff fans. And I, I still don't know, like, where I fall in Jared Goff. Do I think Jared Goff's ripping off, like, four wins in the playoffs? To, I don't know. I don't think so. But they're a fun offense to watch. And when the conditions are right, he's thriving in that offense. And they should be mostly right, at least. You know, weather conditions and things like that, he won't have to worry about. He's always better there. Nobody will when they tell play you he's this a top 10 quarterback, right? Nobody will tell you he's top I don't think so. No. I mean, I got a couple of numbers for you. I don't think so, but, man, I'll give you a few numbers coming up. Okay. It's been very impressive. I think that play caller is so good, man. If I'm the Bears and he's free this offseason, I don't know how you I, let the cycle I go think, by without yeah. talking to that guy. I, I, I think, like you had said, they had seven years to build an offensive line. Well, that helps. Yeah, defensively, they've been built. You know, they've been built. That's what that it helps. is. Now, they're, they've got a window because guys got to get paid. You got to pay Sewell. What happens when you pay Sewell? Then you got to sacrifice other places. Somebody That's on that line gets sacrificed. Somebody's going to have to be sacrificed. And one of the older guys has to be sacrificed. That's right? the way it works. It's Carmen in New York. We'll be right back. Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. Carmen and Yurko are back. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. What's the stat on the Lions? They've won one playoff game in like 67 years or something. Yeah, it's been a long time. Right? They won a game in 91. 1991. Yeah, and and before before Gotta go back to like the fifties. Yeah, Detroit Lions, one of four teams to never uh, play in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, 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 you know, we had thirty seconds the other day. They were asking us upstairs to give thirty seconds. You got to name the four teams that never made the Super Bowl, and I couldn't yeah, pull one of it. the names. Yeah, one of the teams. I had the Lions. I had the Jags. I had the Texans. You know who I forgot? And it's hard when you're under the gun. I forgot Clinton the Browns. 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 The stupid Browns. Yeah, and they won't be going this year. But, yeah, the Lions have, like, one playoff win or something crazy in the last 70 years or something. Maybe this year they get a win. They're, they are fun. They are good on offense. Here's some numbers for you. Fourth in yards per play. Sixth in points per game. Seventh in average points per drive. Eighth in EPA per play. Jared Goff, quarterback eight out of 33 in EPA plus completion percentage over expectation. He's the second highest graded quarterback, according to PFF. He's got the second best PFF passing grade when using play action. There are a lot of... Yeah, a lot of good things. A lot of good things. Lions use a lot of shifting, a lot of motion, a lot of play action. York, uh, only Minnesota 
not surprisingly, has has run more play action pass attempts than the Lions this year. Um, that's not really a surprise that Minnesota would be number one. But uh, Goff does a lot well, does well with play action, does things well from the pocket when things are clean. Most quarterbacks do. And he's got a line that, as we've discussed, has done a good job protecting him. And that's why these offensive numbers are so impressive. They also go for it on fourth down as much as anybody. Tied with the Giants for the most fourth down attempts. Dan Campbell uh, was pretty, I mean, it was pretty clear the way he called plays. It wasn't just that last uh, fourth down play either, that fourth and two play. They were down in the red zone every time he went for it on fourth down. I think Dan Campbell knew, I'm not kicking field goals and beating Justin yeah. Herbert. I scored touchdowns. Do you think his mentality is the same against the Bears this weekend, York? It seems to be the way he's wired, I which think, I love. Yeah, I think he is who he is. I think and so, that's too. that's what you're going to see. I would anticipate once you're um, at the 50, it's four-down territory the rest of the way in. I got to say, I love that. Yeah. I do. I, I love it. Well, there you go. Did you know I heard Tony Romo say this during the broadcast? Hey, by the way, Chris, plug your ears. Go ahead. You can say. I thought Romo was good on Sunday. I thought he was exceptional. I thought he was good. Now, maybe they've gotten to him, though, and they said. He's being coached. You need to tell us what's happening. Give us your opinion, if it's right or if it's wrong. Why does this work? Why does it not work? I thought he had one of his better games, one of the best games he's had in years on Sunday. He was actually like getting back to telling you, this is why they're going to throw it outside the numbers against this look. Or this is why he's going to throw it inside the numbers against this look. Like, are you going to unplug him now, Chris? But I'm just saying, I, I thought he was actually good on Sunday. But did you know Dan Campbell was a captain as a backup in, in uh, Dallas? You know, he was teammates with Romo. They were teammates yeah, in Dallas. Yeah, and Romo that. was talking about him a lot during the game. He was a captain one year. And I thought, do backups normally be captains? That's pretty impressive. I mean, they well, he could be a special teams captain too. Oh, maybe that's what he yeah. was. Is he a special teams? Well, you captain? could be. I mean, we always had a special teams captain. Also, Romo kept making the point like that. Dan Campbell was a super energetic, like charismatic, sure fun guy to be around. Like they all sort of they loved him, even though he was just a, a minor player. Like he just had that kind of he personality. Had, he, had an attitude. he had some Yurko to him. He had yeah. some effervescence to him. Nothing you know? wrong with that. And I know we all laughed when he was biting kneecaps at that introductory press conference, and we're like, boy, look at this meathead. Nobody's laughing now. I I think Dan Campbell is a breath of fresh air. I think he's great. I think you're right, Yurk, that his philosophy is I'm going to be aggressive. I'm going to trust my offense. I'm going to go for it more. I love coaching like that. So good for Dan Campbell. And Bears or otherwise, like, you know, whatever the opponent, whomever the opponent is, he just might have the mentality and the mindset we're going to go, and he's done it a lot. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. 22 fourth down attempts this year. That's Remember, tied for the most in the league. They convert about 54% of the time. You make it, you're a genius. You don't make it, you're a fool. I love that. Like, he's sort of embracing that, though, and he's okay with it. You know, because he probably knows that, yeah. right? Everybody knows that, how you're perceived. And he's like, you know, the hell with it. We're going to do it the way yeah, we're going to do it. As long as you don't care, it won't eat you up. I love the guy. Eddie's on the north side. What's up, Eddie? Hey boys, uh, 38-17 Lions on Sunday. Ooh, that's not a, um, that's not a, that's not what Yurko wants to hear. That's not the blue plate well, special. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> Got to give me your feelings and how you how you think it's going to happen. What do, what do we think we're doing with Justin Fields? Because if you thought that he's the quarterback, quarterback by management, um, you're not even playing him at all, just to risk more injury. 
I, I believe he's out there just to showcase him for maybe somebody's going to go trade for him because there's, there's no reason for him. How are you going to show how good he is when their next opponents are probably teams that want to tank a little too to get an extra spot in the draft? Well, their next two agree? opponents are. No, I mean, their next two opponents aren't tanking. What do you mean? Not, not, I'm not saying Detroit. Well, the, I don't the think Green, the Vikings are tanking. Green Bay? Well, they're without their quarterback. I don't think Green, Bay, I don't, I don't think Green Bay is yeah, tanking. They, they keep winning games without their quarterback. The Vikings, yeah. I don't think Green Bay's tanking. Yeah, what makes you think Green Bay's tanking? I don't I, think the Browns well, are tanking. I mean, what's their record? Their record and are they tanking are two different things, Eddie. I mean, you just said they're playing nothing but teams that are tanking. I don't know that they play uh, other than uh, Arizona. I don't know if they play a single team that I would deem as tanking. So, but you think Arizona is? Uh, I don't know. I mean, Kyler's back. I, I suppose I they don't mind being bad, but I, I don't look at the Bears' schedule and say they're playing nothing but teams that are tanking. But Carm, what I, I, and my other prediction is, is Justin Fields is going to get injured again on Sunday. And I, well, I don't know. I mean, all right. I, I hope not. <laughs> I mean, what, Eddie, what do you... I hope not they, either, they play, but Eddie, I, I just, it's football. I, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. All right. I mean, okay. What, I, what kind of prediction is that? My prediction is he gets injured. Don't be so morbid. Well, come on. I mean, what is that, Eddie? It's football. Anybody can get injured at any time. I got news right. for you. They're yep. playing football. Yep. He uh, hates fields, though, so. But what, I mean, come on. My prediction is going to get injured. Please. We don't need to hear that. I'll tell you what. We, we got seven games to figure something out, whether it is to highlight him for somebody else. Well, okay, or maybe. Or whether it is that, you know, he proves that, uh, hey, I've kind of figured this thing out and things are only going to get better and the future is bright for number one. Yeah, a couple options there, right? Or you get a definitive answer that he just can't do it in the NFL. That's why you got the next seven games. I got something you're going to want to hear. We got a giveaway during the 1 o'clock hour. We do. We do, Yurko. Oh, man. We got a giveaway. I'm excited about this. It's baseball related. This has got to be a major prize. It's uh, Shohei Otani's jockstrap. No, I'm just kidding. We have a major prize that we're going to give away. What, Adam? What? What? We got to make. What are you going to do with you that? You think that that would know. make it out of the prize closet? What do you, you think Sylvie's going to do? I was going to say, you He's don't think. He's going to put it out when he goes on the fun yeah. run. <laughs> Dude, you sniffing my boxers? The winner <laughs> of the prize is Sark Milverman. <laughs> Sark Milverman. Uh, we have a giveaway during the 1 o'clock hour. We'll keep talking football. I got some basketball thoughts. We'll play Zach Levine's comments on does he want to be traded or not coming up next. We're back in two minutes.